could scarcely see what I was doing when they were overhead and I had the sun in my eyes. I have a notion the weather will change. It will be a hard winter. That's why the birds are restless. Nat, tramping home across the fields and down the lane to his cottage, saw the birds still flocking over the western hills in the last glow of the sun. The farmer was right, and it was that night the weather turned. Nat's bedroom faced east. He woke just after two and heard the wind in the chimney. Not the storm and bluster of a sou'westerly gale bringing the rain, but east wind, cold and dry. It sounded hollow in the chimney, and a loose slate rattled on the roof. Even the air in the small bedroom had turned chill. Draft came under the skirting of the door, blowing upon the bed. Nat drew the blanket round him, leant closer to the back of his sleeping wife, and stayed wakeful, watchful, aware of misgiving without cause. Then he heard the tapping on the window. He listened, and the tapping continued until, irritated by the sound, Nat got out of bed and went to the window. He opened it, and as he did so, something brushed his hand, jabbing at his knuckles, grazing the skin. Then he saw the flutter of the wings, and it was gone, over the roof behind the cottage. It was a bird, what kind of bird he could not tell. The wind must have driven it to shelter on the sill. He shut the window and went back to bed, but feeling his knuckles wet, put his mouth to the scratch. The bird had drawn blood. Frightened, he supposed, and bewildered, the bird, seeking shelter, had stabbed at him in the darkness. Once more he settled himself to sleep. Presently the tapping came again, this time more forceful, more insistent, and now his wife woke at the sound, and turning in the bed said to him, "'Seek the window, Nat, it's rattling.' "'I've already seen to it,' he told her. "'There's some bird there trying to get in. Can you hear the wind? It's blowing from the east, driving the birds to shelter.' "'Send them away,' she said. "'I can't sleep with that noise.' He went to the window for the second time, and now, when he opened it, there was not one bird upon the sill, but half a dozen. They flew straight into his face, attacking him. He shouted, striking out at them with his arms, scattering them. Like the first one, they flew over the roof and disappeared. Quickly he let the window fall and latched it. "'Did you hear that?' he said. "'They went for me. Try to peck my eyes.' He stood by the window, peering into the darkness, and could see nothing. His wife heavy with sleep, murmured from the bed. "'I'm not making it up,' he said, angry at her suggestion. "'I tell you the birds were on the sill, trying to get into the room.' Suddenly a frightened cry came from the room across the passage where the children slept. "'It's Jill,' said his wife, roused at the sound, sitting up in bed. "'Go to her, see what's the matter.' Nat lit the candle, but when he opened the bedroom door to cross the passage, the draught blew out the flame. There came a second cry of terror this time from both children, and stumbling into their room, he felt the beating of wings about him in the darkness. The window was wide open. Through it came the birds, hitting first the ceiling and the walls, then swerving in mid-flight, turning to the children in their beds. "'It's all right, I'm here,' shouted Nat, and the children flung themselves, screaming upon him, while in the darkness the birds rose and dived and came for him again. "'What is it, Nat? What's happened?' his wife called from the further bedroom, and swiftly he pushed the children through the door to the passage and shut it upon them, so that he was alone now, 
in their bedroom with the birds. He seized a blanket from the nearest bed and, using it as a weapon, flung it to right and left about him in the air. He felt the thud of bodies, heard the fluttering of wings, but they were not yet defeated, for again and again they returned to the assault, jabbing his hands, his head, the little stabbing beak sharp as a pointed fork. The blanket became a weapon of defence. He wound it about his head and then, in greater darkness, beat at the birds with his bare hands. He dared not stumble to the door and open it, lest in doing so the birds should follow him. The beating of the wings about him lessened and then withdrew, and through the density of the blanket he was aware of light. He waited, listened. There was no sound except the fretful crying of one of the children from the bedroom beyond. The fluttering, the whirring of the wings.